Welcome to Finding Freedom with Inspire Wellness. I'm Gemma, a body image and food freedom coach, anti-diet advocate, and your ultimate hype girl. I'm here to empower you with inspiration, education, and motivation so that you can start living as your happiest and healthiest self, whatever that means to you. I spent years struggling with food, my body, and my mental health until I finally found freedom. Now I'm on a mission to make sure that nobody goes through what I did and to burn diet culture to the ground while I'm at it. I'm obsessed with helping women to ditch the diets, love their bodies, feel confident AF, create sustainable habits, improve their mindset and become their next level selves. So what are we waiting for? Let's do this. Hello and welcome back. Today I'm talking about healthy nutrition without the restriction because I think this is something that people get really concerned about when we start talking about food freedom or we start talking about intuitive eating or this idea that, you know, there are no good and bad foods and you can eat whatever you want kind of thing. People freak out a bit and they're like, yeah, 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 but, 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 but I want to be healthy. And you know what? That's fair enough. That is a fair enough consideration. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about what that looks like, how you can, you know, meet your nutritional needs and be healthy without that side serving of restriction. That is the kind of go-to that we tend to go to when it comes to this sort of stuff. But before we get into that, I want to tell you a little bit of a story. So once upon a time, (laughs) once upon a time, there was a girl who counted calories or macros to make sure she was eating the right, putting that in bunny ears, right amounts. To be certain it was accurate. She would always weigh and measure all of her food, like every single thing, and she would track it in an app. She'd eat lots of veggies and lots of protein. She eliminated processed foods, white bread and pasta, sugar, dairy, all of that stuff. She didn't cook with oil and she always chose those like healthier alternatives at every single turn. She weighed herself and took progress photos to make sure she was always going in the right direction. She exercised every day at least once and she'd always have like a protein shake afterwards for muscle recovery. She still socialized occasionally or, you know, she had a cheese platter when her mum came to visit because balance, right? (laughs) So that all sounds pretty healthy, right? Like this is a socially acceptable, even desirable way to live your life for most people. It's doing a lot of the right things. Well, (laughs) you probably figured out that was me. But the thing is, that was just the surface. Like that was what the other people in my life mostly saw, but it was just a part of the story. So let me tell you a little bit more about what else I was doing. I was binging. So if I went out for those social occasions that I just mentioned, I get home from dinner with friends and I would eat everything I could get my hands on, despite being full. Like I'd be good all day, good. And then I'd get home at night and I'd binge. I'd leave work on my lunch breaks and I'd go to Hungry Jack's and then Coles and binge in my car every single night. And most days I would binge. So I had binge eating disorder. If you listen to the podcast, you would already know that I had binge eating disorder, but after binging, I'd restrict I'd tell myself that, you know, I just wouldn't eat the next day or I'd only eat green vegetables or I'd make a four week challenge for myself to keep myself on track. But surprise, 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 didn't work. And I'd binge again. I was also emotional eating all of the time. Any emotion would call me to reach, cause me to reach for food. Sad, angry, lonely, frustrated, happy, (laughs) very happy. Like treat yourself all the time. Any emotion, I was going for food. 
I hated my body. I was constantly hating my body, even when it would get smaller, which is what I was doing all of this for. But of course I was saying it was for health reasons because it still wasn't good enough. Or I was scared about the fact that I had to maintain it. I had depression. I had anxiety. I thought about food literally constantly, like constantly. And I couldn't talk about anything else. Like I feel bad for everyone in my life at that time because It was all I could talk about. It was always food or exercise or whatever it was. I was eating food I didn't like because I'd prep meals based on macros, not taste. Like I can still vividly remember this meal that I, you know, came up with when I was doing my meal planning and was like, this is going to be delicious. It's going to be amazing. But I prepped it based on the macros, not on, and like what I sort of thought was going to go in it. And then I had something like, I think it was two tablespoons of soy sauce in there. And that fit my macros perfectly. But when I ate it, it was the most like salty, disgusting, soy saucy tasting thing. Like it was way too much soy sauce, but the soy sauce fit my macros perfectly. So I ate it. I didn't go and get something different for lunch. I ate this and I ate it for lunch four days in a row because I'd prepped four days and I couldn't add anything to make it taste less soy saucy. Like, I don't know, more rice or something. No, no, it was perfectly matched, perfectly matched to my macros. So I ate the most disgusting, salty food for four days just because of that, just because of the slight, slight tweak it would make to my macros. Like, oh, honestly, and this is not an isolated occasion, often things like that. I was also exercising until I was injured or sick, and then I would still exercise through that because I couldn't miss a day. So does any of that sound healthy? No, it doesn't. And it's because of the restricting. Now, the worst part is it's not an unusual story. Like so many people would relate to that story. A lot of you are probably listening to this and maybe you've been there before. Maybe you've been there now, even if you haven't gone quite to the like eating disorder levels. And I hope that you haven't, but the cycle of binging and restricting the emotional eating, the poor body image, the preoccupation with food, mental health issues, compensatory behaviors with restricting food or over-exercising. That's all so, so common. So that's why I wanted to talk about healthy nutrition without the restriction today, because restriction is a part of all of the healthy diets that we talk about and that we all try and do, but restriction is the unhealthiest part of all. So what is restriction? What actually classifies as restriction? Diets. Obviously, you knew I was going to say it. Obviously diets, but also like lifestyle changes. Lifestyle changes are basically the same thing. Things like keto, plant-based, you know, for other than ethical reasons, paleo, whole 30, intermittent fasting. All of these diets will argue that they aren't actually diets because this idea that diets don't work, which is true, is finally infiltrating the collective consciousness. But on the flip side, they'll also argue that they're the best diet. Like, do you see the issue? Do you see why this just doesn't work? And so while people are on those aforementioned diets and, you know, all of the others out there, because there's a bajillion of them, they'll often tell you, oh, no, I'm not restricting myself. Like, I'm so happy. I love eating this way. Every single one of them is in some way. And I say this as someone who absolutely used to do this all the time. Like I can still, when I was doing that macros stuff, I was like, I love this. This is the best. I can eat whatever I want. It's so good. Except you can't because you've got to fit them perfectly into macros. Like this is... Yeah, basically. A lot of the time I think when we're living our life like this, we're only looking at the good stuff. We're only, we're seeing it through rose-colored glasses. We don't want to pay attention to all the shit that's going along with it because then we'd realize that it's actually not okay and 
Maybe we need to do something else. And also, I think for a lot of us, we feel like if we're not enjoying it or we're not, or if we're struggling with it, we feel like we're failing. We feel like we're, there's something wrong with us. We're a problem because everyone else can stick to keto. Why can't I? So restriction also, I think a good way to kind of define restriction and to cover it overall is anything with food rules. So anything that has rules about what you can and can't eat, quantities of food you can and can't eat, or times you can and can't eat, anything like that, rules, anything that when you break a rule, you feel bad about it, or you feel, or you should feel bad about it, like that you're being told to feel bad about it, that's restriction. That's what restriction is. So here's what you think will happen when you restrict foods. You think that you're going to stop wanting them and you're going to be satisfied with like healthier alternatives, like, you know, blended up banana as an ice cream or cookie dough protein balls made out of protein powder and oats and coconut oil or something. You think that you'll improve your health. You think you'll be like happier, better, prettier, more confident. All of those things. Like you have such high hopes that when you restrict food, this is what's the, what the outcome will be. But this is what actually happens when you restrict food. You become overly fixated on it and you won't be able to stop thinking about it 24 seven. You increase your risk of developing an eating disorder and other mental health issues. You'll be miserable. You feel guilty when you give in and eat them anyway, because spoiler alert, that's probably what will happen. Or, you know, you feel guilty or miserable when you miss out on social occasions and you feel like it's not enough and you need to restrict further. Because when we cut out foods, there's usually two outcomes. Outcome one, you fail and end up eating the food. And then you feel guilty and you feel horrible about it. And you often end up binging on that food or others to replace it. Like I spoke about in the binging episode the other week where, you know, I wanted chocolate. So I would go and eat like oats mixed with banana and all these other like healthy alternatives to try and satisfy that sweet craving, but it does not work. Or outcome two is that you realize it wasn't enough to get you where you want to be like happy in your body. And you need to cut out more and more foods to get to the feeling that you were searching for, which again, spoiler alert, it doesn't come. And if it does come, it doesn't last. You're probably thinking, okay, Gemma, I get it. Like don't diet, don't restrict. So what the heck should I eat to be healthy? The answer, whatever you want. So the alternative to dieting is intuitive eating. It's not another diet or another lifestyle change. It's getting rid of all of that. It's getting rid of all of that stuff. So it simply involves listening to your body and just giving it what it needs. So that includes what it needs physically. So like energy and nutrients and all that stuff, but also what it needs mentally. So food you enjoy and food you actually want to eat. Intuitive eating is about trusting your inner body wisdom to make choices around food that feel good in your body without judgment and without influence from diet culture. So I'm not going to go into it today for the sake of time. Um, you know, to tell you more about intuitive eating and all of that, because I've done an episode on it before. Listen to episode four. It's called intuitive eating 101. If you want to learn more about what intuitive eating is, how it can help you, all of those kind of things. Or otherwise I do actually have an entire ebook on intuitive eating, which I will give to you guys for free. I will link it in the show notes for you. So head there and download that once you finish listening to this episode, if you'd like to learn more about intuitive eating. So what I wanted to do now is to give you my top five tips for a healthy diet. We've talked about restriction. We've talked about why we don't want to restrict, why we don't want to get rid of things, why we don't want to cut things out. So let's talk about what my top five tips are for a healthy diet. 
So tip number one is to enjoy a variety of foods. So all different kinds of foods. And the reason why this is so important is because we get different nutrients from different foods. So if you're just eating like plain old chicken, broccoli, and rice every day, you're missing out on so many essential nutrients. That's like, I feel like that's the go-to like healthy meal. But you know what? If you just ate that all the time, you would miss out on so much. You would not be healthy because you'd be missing out on really important nutrients. So macronutrients. So you need plenty of carbs, fat, protein. You need those three things. Macronutrients, they're the big ones. And then you also need micronutrients. So that's vitamins, that's minerals. And they come from a whole lot of different things. So another like in terms of variety of foods of like different kinds of food that might look like, you know, different kinds of grains or different kinds of carbohydrates. So maybe you have rice, you have bread, you have pasta, you have quinoa, you have buckwheat, like all the different things. You can have all the different things there, but it also refers to a variety of colors of food. That's another thing that's really important. So when it comes to things like vegetables, not just having green vegetables, having capsicum, like red capsicum, having Yeah, the green veggies, having sweet potato, getting orange there, having different colored fruits like lemons and limes and oranges and strawberries and blueberries, like basically eat the rainbow get as many different kinds of colors of food as you can. And that's a really good way to see that you're hitting those different kinds of micronutrients because there's different micronutrients in lots of different kinds of food, but also, yeah, when it comes to fruits and veggies, You can kind of go by color as well to be able to hit all the different ones. So don't just stick to one color. Make sure you're getting a variety. Tip number two is to eat lots of plants. feel like this is an obvious one, but eat lots of plants, lots of veggies, lots of fruit. If you can make sure that you're eating a variety and just a bunch of different plants every day, you know that you're going to be getting all of those nutrients you need. You know that you're going to be feeling good, feeling healthy, like Everyone knows vegetable healthy. Everyone knows that. Like, I don't think there's actually, no, there probably are some those people who do the carnivore diet, okay, just the most wild people out there, but everyone else. So, you know, everyone who's remotely normal in the world will agree that vegetables are necessary and we need veggies. So eat lots of them, eat lots of plants. If you're someone who struggles to eat vegetables, that used to be me. I used to hate veggies. I loved potato, but Most other things, I was not a fan, not a fan at all. So first of all, try preparing them different ways. You don't have to eat like steamed veggies or boiled veggies. I don't like those either. Like there's nothing really that I will eat steamed or boiled. Personally, I like roasting my veggies. That's probably my favorite way to eat them. So they're always going to be in the oven for me or maybe the air fryer, but most likely the oven. And you're allowed to have oil on them. (laughs) Who knew? You're allowed to put spices on them, like put flavoring on them. If you are genuinely one of those people who's like, I do not like veggies, put something on top that makes them less yuck for you. Maybe it's sriracha. Maybe it's aioli. Maybe it's cheese sauce. I don't care. Put something on it to make it more appetizing for you. And so you can kind of get used to the taste with the taste of something else. So like broccoli, for example, I used to hate broccoli. It was like the worst thing in the world to me. But I think I remember having it with like cheese sauce once, like my mum used to make cauliflower cheese sauce. Oh, so good. But having that with the broccoli and being like, okay, you know, I I can eat this now. And now I love broccoli. My favorite way to eat broccoli though, again, I'm not a fan of the steamed. I don't really like steamed veggies, but for me, for broccoli, I will either spray it with olive oil or toss it in olive oil, depending how I'm feeling. 
I put on like garlic salt. Sometimes I even put nutritional yeast on top, like sprinkle that on top and then it's like cheesy. And I love it. It's so good. I love it when it gets, I cook it down as well till it's like starting to get crispy. Yum. Yum. I love that. It's so good. So find something that works for you with veggies. Find a way of eating them that feels good for you, that tastes good to you. And same deal with fruits. Fruits are also plants. Add those in as well. Grains of plants, things like quinoa and stuff like that come from plants. So just eat lots of plants, basically. Step number three or tip number three is don't cut out any food groups. We want to add things in, not take things out. That's like one of the biggest takeaways I can give you when it comes to having a healthy diet. Focus on adding things, not taking things away. So don't cut out carbs. We need carbs. Your brain needs carbs. Your brain needs carbs to function efficiently. Like, please don't cut out carbs. Don't cut out protein. Don't cut out fats. Don't cut out anything. You need them all. Just eat them all. Like, I'm not even going to go on this one too much. Just don't cut them out. Just have a well-rounded diet of all the things that your body needs. You know what? I'm, I'm literally, I'm leaving it at that. That's tip number three. I'm not going into it too much more because then I'll start yelling about some of the diets and I'm just not in a yelling mood today, guys. I know sometimes I am, but today not feeling the yelling. So don't cut out any food groups. Otherwise I'll have to come and yell at you, you know, and I'm not in the yelling mood. So that would be rude. Tip number four is to eat foods you enjoy. I think this is so important. Like you don't have to eat foods you don't like. If you don't like Like I said before, like if you don't like certain vegetables, there are other ones out there. Eat other ones or find a way to enjoy them. You don't have to choke down food that doesn't taste good to you, that you don't like. Like food is meant to be pleasurable. Food is meant to be enjoyable. We're meant to like eating. Like you do it multiple times a day. Why would you make it something that you don't like doing? Oh, it's just silly, silly. So eat food you enjoy. And, you know, all your favorite foods can be enjoyed. There are no good or bad foods. Go and listen to the intuitive eating episode, guys, if you haven't already. If you have, you know what I'm talking about. There are no good or bad foods. We don't need to cut foods out of our diet. So just eat stuff you like. And that follows really into tip number five, which is that soul food is important too. You don't have to eat. Everything you eat doesn't have to be for fuel. Everything you eat doesn't have to be specifically for the nutritional value to hit a target or whatever. Like, Part of healthy nutrition to me means healthy, like mentally as well. It's giving your soul what it needs as well as what your body needs. So soul food is important too. Eat the cookies because you like cookies. Like go out for pizza with your friends. That's important too. That stuff is great for our mental health. And in some ways, at least it is good for our physical health because those things are so strongly interwoven. It's just so important. So have your soul food as well. That's my five tips. So simple. And you note there that I didn't tell you anything not to eat. There's a reason for that. It's because we don't need to restrict to be healthy. Okay. So I'm going to leave you with this. When you're 80, do you want to reject a cookie that your grandkids baked for you because it has too much sugar? Do you want to look back on your life and think about all the social occasions that you missed just because you didn't want to be around unhealthy food, bunny ears, or do you want to like look back at your life and reflect on all that time you spent feeling stressed or guilty about what you were eating and all of those wasted hours tracking your calories in my fitness pal? Or do you want to look back on all the happy memories you created? 
while you were busy doing life with all the spare time you had from ditching the restriction and just living. Like I struggled with food and my body for about 16 years of my life. That's around 17 and a half thousand meals that had some kind of stress or anxiety or guilt or shame attached to them. And I can tell you now, I'm not wasting another day of my life living that way. And I hope that you guys will do the same. So if you've been struggling with food or your body for a long time and you haven't been seeing results or able to make those results last, something needs to change. And often that thing is support or accountability or taking a different approach, like not learning more. It's like unlearning. It's unlearning all the shit you've been fed your whole life. So if you need a little bit of help doing that unlearning or you need that support, you need that accountability, I offer free mini coaching sessions and I have got a few left for August. So in these sessions, we'll talk about your goals. We'll talk about what's not working for you now and what's getting in your way. And then we'll put together a plan so that you can walk away knowing exactly what you need to do next to start feeling good. And it's 100% free, totally free. So the link for those is in the show notes. You can book straight into my calendar at a time that suits you. And that is the episode today for today. So it would mean the world to me if you could rate the show and maybe even give it a review. I love reading them and it makes me so, so happy to know that you guys are finding these episodes helpful. So if you would be so kind to leave me a review, I will love you forever. Or shoot me a DM on Instagram. Tell me what you're thinking of the podcast, what you'd like to see more of, what you'd like to hear about, and I will do my best to oblige. I'll see you guys in the next episode.